Welcome to the National Trust podcast. I'm Kate Martin, area ranger at Formby on the beautiful Sefton coast and a full-on nature lover. I'll be taking you on some amazing walks in the next three episodes of the series. We'll be exploring the Trust's amazing spaces, delving into the stories and characters that make each place so special. We'll be travelling all around the country, from hilltop to seaside. We'll tread sandy paths and the polished wooden floors of country homes. Delight in birdsong, sublime views and exceptionally good cream teas. So come and join me on this journey and immerse yourself in the wonders of the National Trust. Today, I'm on my way to the Peak District on a bit of a walker's pilgrimage. Now, the Peak District is an enormous national park that covers 550 square miles, and Kinder Scout is the highest peak, standing over 600 metres above sea level. It's the perfect antidote to the hubbub and smog of the city. So what better place to begin this collection of walking podcasts than Kinder Scout in the Peak District, a place that has come to symbolise walking freedoms in the UK. I'm walking towards the Bowden Bridge car park, which is about a mile outside the village of Hayfield. This is where we'll start our walk, but first I've arranged to meet local author Roly Smith, who's going to give us some background on why Kinder holds such a special place in the hearts of many outdoor enthusiasts in this part of the world. Hi Roly, it's really nice to meet you. So you brought me to a car park. Doesn't look like the most auspicious beginning, but I'm sure it was. Uh, there's a lot of history here, I believe. There is. In 1932, this wasn't a car park. It was a quarry. We're standing beneath this absolutely beautiful plaque just on the rock behind me, which says the mass trespass onto Kinder Scout started from this quarry, 24th of April 1932. And I believe you're the person who can tell us all about this. Well, we have to go back really to, you know, 100 more years ago when the Enclosure Acts came in all over Britain and large areas of open country, it used to be common land where anybody could walk, graze their sheep, get wood for fires, peat for fires, this sort of thing, was freely available. The Enclosure Acts came in and all the land, including Kinder Scout behind us, was parceled off to local landowners and they were policed by gamekeepers who kept everybody else off. And in 1932, Easter 1932, a group of uh, Manchester ramblers mainly decided, you know, if there was enough of us, they couldn't turn us back. So they organised and publicised a mass trespass. Benny Rothman climbed up one of these rocks up here and addressed the crowd and told them about the theft of the land uh, and that sort of thing and how they just wanted to walk on the moors, they weren't going to do any harm, they weren't interested in any confrontations or anything like that, they just wanted to walk on the moors. Benny wasn't supposed to be the leader, really. Someone else was supposed to give the talk but uh, in this quarry and he backed out at the last minute because he said, I might lose my job if my boss hears about this. So Benny was pushed 
into the forefront, as it were. So they, they all set off singing, they were all singing the internationally and songs like that, all waiting for one another to get across styles so that nobody was left behind. The police couldn't keep up with them, <laughs> so they waited for them to come back down. They made this deliberate trespass. They used a whistle to tell everybody when to step off the path. And uh, at, at, a, at an appointed time, they, they blew the whistle, stepped off the path, up the slope, where they met this group of gamekeepers. There were a few little scuffles, that sort of thing, um, and they, they, but they went on and met another group who'd come all the way over from Sheffield, from the Edale side of the mountain, and had a victory meeting, and then all came back down here to uh, Hayfield, where six of them were arrested and eventually five of them were actually imprisoned for walking on the moors. Now that's always struck a chord with me, how, how that could happen. And those guys actually became martyrs to the cause, I suppose, and uh, that's why we celebrate them and that's why we don't want people to forget the sacrifice those young lads made. So now we've spoken so much about this walk, I am really excited to go and do it. So I'm going to meet a group of National Trust rangers and managers who are going to join me on this journey. I said I'd meet them in the woods, so let's head off and meet them. So I'm joined by Tom Harmon. Yep. I'm Project Officer for the Dark Peak. Shane Bates. And I'm the Area Ranger for Kinder Scout and Edale. And John Stewart. I'm the General Manager for the Peak District. Nice to meet you guys. Hiya. Hiya. So Tom, tell me, what kind of walk is this going to be today? We're going to do the trespass walk, which goes up Kinder Scout, which is the highest point in the Peak District. It's quite a strenuous walk. It's about five or six miles, and it'll take us between five and six hours. Right then. Great. Yep. Yep. Let's go. So coming out of a beautiful woodland to the reservoir. Yes. And then as we, we climb up the cobbled track, which is a little bit steep, We'll uh, eventually get to the level with the water and uh, we'll get a nice view of uh, Kinder. really is beautiful and some spectacular heather just on our left-hand side here in full bloom. It's beautiful. Yeah, we've picked the perfect time of year to come, really. It's, um, it's really vibrant and uh, in, uh, near the end of August. I can just see, even though I'm somewhat short in stature, over this nice <laughs> high wall next to us. I'm just looking down over sort of the buildings by the reservoir... I'm just starting to see some of the peaks over to the right in the distance. It's an absolutely beautiful day. Notice the change of habitat. So we've walked through some quite, you know, well-established woodlands, uh, and then we've we've come to this point now. And if you look around us in the bracken, you'll actually see some some young, freshly planted trees which have been here for the last two or three years. So, what's the benefit of tree planting in this location? Diversify that habitat. A lot of these areas are, are very dominated by bracken and. Uh, and grasses and they don't have much environmental value so getting these trees here encouraging the birds to come and other wildlife if you just look back at the woodland that we've just walked through you can just see above the oh, reservoir there's a kestrel hovering yeah just there So here we are next to a sign saying William Clough. So for those people that aren't northern like us and don't know what a clough is, can you explain what a clough is? Well, I think uh, Shane, our ranger, is probably best place to answer that question. Uh, a clough is technically a wooded valley, although the trees at William Clough have, have largely been lost now, and that's why we've been involved in trying to reinstate the woodland planting 
that we've been doing since the Trust acquired the land in 1982. Well, obviously one of the famous cloughs of, of this sort of area with this gorgeous stream running down the side with the sun glinting off it and plenty of gnats as well by the look of it flying over the top. You can completely see why people want to walk here and why they wanted to walk here back in the 1930s. Yeah, you can. I mean, you know, it, it's such a fantastic landscape and it's been quite rugged as well, walking. It makes you really feel like you've you've escaped the cities and a lot of these people that came out in the trespass, you know, they're, they're workers from Manchester and Sheffield and this was their park really, you know, and, and they weren't allowed access. I always like to think of the Peak District as the People's Park because it's the people that opened it up and freed it. It took quite a long time though, didn't it? 1932 from the mass trespass. It was 68 years before the Countryside Rights of Way Act happened in 2000. So what happened in the meantime? So national parks were created and the Peak District was the, the very first one in 1951. Ranger services started to get established then. So we've got National Park Authority Ranger services and we've got National Trust Ranger services helping people enjoy the countryside. But it was quite a few more years actually until... The, you know, the real aspiration of the trespassers was realised because in 2000, the government passed the Countryside and Rights Away Act and that enshrined the right to people to go to open areas, mountain moor, heath and down, these sort of places. And it was now your, rather than having to get permission or agreement, it was about your right. I suppose we, we also have to say that with rights come responsibilities and we have a lot of people visiting the Peak District. It's a very accessible part of the country, probably the most accessible upland in the world in many ways. Um, so there's a lot of people come here. So big job for us to, to manage and facilitate that access and make sure people have a, you know, a really good time. Up until now, we've had this walk pretty much to ourselves, but we've just met some lovely ramblers who followed us. So what is it about the Peak District that appeals to you? Uh, well, we've, it's the second time I've been up here uh, in, in, in the last 10 years or so. Uh, it's just the open spaces, really. I think more and more people are starting to get into, like, ram what you call it, rambling. We, we just call it walking. <laughs> Continue on through this beautiful heather-clad cloth and enjoy the rest of your walk. You too. Have and a nice you. day. Have a nice Thank day. You. See you. Bye. Bye. Finally got to the top of William Clough finally onto a slightly flat bit before we take on the next real steep challenge and just turned round and the view is absolutely stunning. So, Tom, what can we see here? Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, this is a great place to stop because um, sometimes when you're walking up these hills and you're looking down at your feet trying to think of the top, um, you, you miss the view and, you've, you know, sometimes the best view is behind you. You can see you can see for miles, you know, it's looking towards the Manchester direction and it's um, just a fantastic view. So you've got these lovely sort of flat plateaus and others that are slightly more pointy. Just over to our right-hand side, you can just see some of the, uh, the towers of Manchester. Amazing, I mean, how different this looks now than it would a few hundred years ago when it would have been really industrialised. When I first started coming up here in the 1960s, it was not long after the Clean Air Act. Um, basically, I used to climb up out of the smog and the fog and it's not long ago that if you walked across the moorlands, your legs would be got, get black because of all the soot on the vegetation. So, like Tom said, it, the, the, the air quality now is just unbelievable, and that's got implications for the amount of vegetation, the types of vegetation we've got now, and we're, we're now finding plants that, that are uh, coming back that have not been recorded for over 100 years. 
So looking straight ahead, I can see a very, very steep climb up to uh, Scout End or Sandy Hay is the other name for it, we've been told. So just going to tackle that. That was a heck of a climb, Tom, but finally yeah. we're here. It's, uh, well, we are at the highest point in the Peak District. Um, the Kinder Scout at the, is uh, 636 metres above sea level. Um, and so, you know, with it being the highest point, you've got some of the best views. And as you can see now, if you look to our right, you can look over towards the Manchester side of Kinder and uh, literally see for miles. Yeah, and if you look to the left, you can see we're starting to get towards the area now where we've done a lot of conservation work over the last sort of... Um, five or six years. This area we're in at the moment is really spectacular with all these sort of funny shaped rocks sort of cascading down into a clough where I can just about hear running water I think. Yeah it's just below us you can't quite see it but that's uh, Kinder Downfall it's the, um, the highest waterfall uh, in England and uh, as we go a bit further around and across the river and we keep on walking uh, we'll be able to see a great view um, of the downfall, which sometimes blows and flows upwards on windy days. It's all very magical and mystical up here. It's uh, quite unique in that sense. And it has been known to be ice climbed in winter. We've got some pictures of people back in, back in the 50s and 60s climbing with uh, ice axe and, and, and old ropes. And uh, it's quite impressive. I wouldn't recommend it. It looks quite dangerous. But people used to come up wearing their, wearing their tweed and with ropes that I probably wouldn't hang my washing on and uh, come and attempt to climb, climb these spectacular frozen waterfalls. Walking over the, uh, the stones here, heading over to obviously the, the, the stream that feeds the waterfall, it looks like it'd be good whiskey making water <laughs> this. Yeah, this is, uh, this is Kinder River, which feeds the, um, the waterfall um, just to the right of us. It's a very unique colour, it's very brown, and a lot of that is to do with the, the, the peat up here, which has been washing into the water when it rains, and uh, it goes down into the reservoir down at the bottom, and this is the source of our drinking water. And a lot of the restoration work we do up here complements the quality of this water, and it will help to reduce the particles of peat that are within this water and, and help to make it a lot clearer. So ideally you know, the ideal for this stream would it wouldn't have this brown sort of dark tea colour, it would be clearer because there'd be less peat particles. Yeah, you'll in you'll it. never get it hundred percent clear, but yes, the, the you know uh, if when the restoration works take take full grip the, the water will be a lot lighter. Well this is definitely a first for me when on a walk anywhere there's a group walking towards us, two ladies and gentlemen, and a guitar singing along. So let's go and see what they're doing up here. Okay. Well, and then the reason we're here... <laughs> so we are walking and singing along with a bit of the Pennine Way, 42 miles up to Hempton Bridge, to raise money for a Singing for Lung Health group oh. in London. The idea is it's uh, really beneficial for people with lung disease. So, so I think what we're, um, we're doing now, we're on the Pennine Way here. So we'll go a bit further 
um, and I'll show you a little little site and a little bit more history about Kinder and where there's been a, a, a plane crash um, and, and various other things. Across the, the Dark Peak really we've got quite a, a few sites where we had um, plane crashes in the Second World War. Uh, this particular one uh, has a plaque that someone's put up here. It's uh, 1942 when this happened. Um, I believe it is a um, Australian plane that came in and we because we had a lot of aircraft bases in and around the area. Some of them were flying, just doing routine flights. Some of them were coming back from you know, missions they had completed abroad. And unfortunately, if they had their readings slightly off they, and they couldn't see, they, they came into contact with the ground. And um, so there's, that's why there's quite a lot of plane wrecks around here. It's such a beautiful place, but I imagine, you know, it can be quite bleak and it's even more bleak sometimes if you think about stories and people who've lost their lives up here. Yeah, and as you can see, there's, there's still a bit of wreckage around here, bits of aluminium, bits of steel from the plane um, when, it, when it crashed into the hill. And, and a lot of these crashes, they'd already done the worst part. They'd, they'd, they'd done their mission, they were coming home, they'd survived and uh, just came to an unfortunate end so close to, uh, to family and friends. Now we're getting to the end of our walk. I have to say, my legs feel like lead, so I think it's time for a well-earned rest and maybe a pint and some pork scratchings. That sounds a good idea. It's been a, been a long walk, but we've had great weather for it. It's been absolutely glorious and absolutely fascinating. Well, it's nice to have you all, and it's been a really enjoyable day. Thanks for coming. It's been great. It's been an absolutely spectacular walk today. The variety of landscapes and habitats they've seen, there's just something really special about it. Both sort of wild, it's also a very human landscape. There's a lot there, you know, from the industrialisation through to the, the wrecks on the top, through to the people that work on it today and still love and care for it. So a really special walk. Thank you for listening to this week's National Trust podcast. For more information about Kinder Scout and to download maps and information on today's walk, you can visit their website at nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash Kinder Scout. For our next full episode, I'll be walking in Beth Gellet in Wales. That episode will be available in a couple of weeks, but don't worry, there'll be a mini episode available next week. To make sure you never miss another episode, subscribe on iTunes or your chosen podcast app. And please do let us know what you thought of this episode or share your suggestions on future episodes on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at podcasts at nationaltrust.org.uk. Until next time, from me, Kate Martin, goodbye. <laughs>